Do you feel stuck? I felt stuck. And that's how a lot of my clients describe themselves. Stuck in situations that are outside of their control. No exit in sight. But did you know that you also keep yourself stuck? One of the primary functions of our brains is to keep us safe. And our brains tend to view change or new things or a new adventure or opportunity as unsafe. Better to stay here, even if we're unhappy, because we know the lay of the land. Better the known disappointment than the unknown possibility. Today, I'm going to share with you five ways that we conspire to keep ourselves stuck. How we get in our own way when it comes to pursuing our dreams for what we want, and especially what we want for the second half of our lives. Welcome to Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast with Stephanie Lee. On this show, we're going to talk about the experiences of high-achieving women and men across industries at about the midpoint in their careers who are no longer satisfied to let life happen to them. Together, we're going to purposefully create the second half of our lives by addressing burnout and overwork, getting clarity on how we're creating our experience of our lives, how we're conspiring to keep ourselves stuck, identifying and articulating what it is that we really want for the second half of our lives and identifying a plan to achieve it. On today's podcast, we're going to spend time talking about that third item that I mentioned as the purpose of the podcast in the intro. We're going to talk about how we conspire to keep ourselves stuck. For our purposes, stuck is a feeling. Its close relatives are lethargy, helplessness, and inertia. You may remember from previous episodes that our feelings, our emotions, fuel how we show up, the things that we do and don't do in our lives. So what do you do when you feel stuck? When I feel stuck, I tend to look around and find all of the evidence for why it is that I'm stuck. And this is what we do. Our brains go in search of evidence of what we already believe to be true. I also argue against the idea of how I might do something differently. Poke holes in every available possibility. I make note and go over all of the challenges or reasons why I can't do something different and why what I want is impossible. As an example, I've struggled with feeling stuck about losing weight. I've told myself that none of the diets work. In fact, people just keep gaining the weight back and usually end up gaining more and are even more unhealthy as a result. In many cases, they lose muscle when they're trying to lose weight, and that's not good. And I've wondered if I just need to accept being overweight as the tax for enjoying food and wanting to enjoy my life. I've wondered if it's even possible to lose weight due to my age and hormones. So when I feel stuck, as you can see, I'm finding all of the reasons why I can't solve this problem, why the situation is in fact hopeless. Whether it's feeling stuck trying to lose weight or feeling stuck in my life, which really was the place that I was in in 2020, ultimately I find something to distract myself from the stuck feeling. I binge Netflix. Nap. Napping is big. I plan my life around my next meal. In many ways, when I'm stuck, I find myself giving up, not showing up for my life, 
in the way that I want to. Feeling stuck, in fact, sucks. So why on earth would we want to keep ourselves stuck? I don't want to be stuck. One of our brain's primary functions is to keep us safe. The first thing I would offer you is to treat the part of you that is keeping you stuck with some appreciation and compassion. This part of you is only trying to keep you safe, to preserve you. And when we judge parts of ourselves harshly in hopes that we can change them, it backfires. Instead, that aspect of us gets more and more deeply ingrained and entrenched. So recognize that the part of you that is keeping you stuck is looking out for your best interests. It's just doing so in a way that doesn't serve you. Have you ever had a great idea about something at night? Maybe you're going to start a strength training program. Maybe you're going to take up a new hobby that's outside of your comfort zone, only to wake up the next morning in the harsh light of day with all of the reasons that it's a terrible idea going through your brain. We have a tendency to put all kinds of meaning around those experiences. We make those thoughts coming up mean that we shouldn't follow the good idea, that it wasn't a good idea after all. We assume the voice telling us all of the ways this could go sideways is our intuition, our wisdom. But what if, at least some of the time, those thoughts that come up are actually your brain sounding an alarm because it thinks whatever your good idea was is going to put you in harm's way. This part of you, it isn't particularly sophisticated. It's a primal part of you that thinks that change or doing something different is inherently dangerous. You may need to comfort and talk this part of you off the ledge. Offering comfort and kindness to this part of you is so much more impactful than telling yourself that you're being ridiculous or you need to step out of it. Because when it comes to keeping you safe, safe means both safe from physical harm and risk, ensuring you have enough resources, and it may also mean keeping you in line with the tribe. Once upon a time, doing something outside of what the group was doing could have meant your death. So your brain thinks that in order for you to be safe, you need to go with the flow and do what others are doing. Deciding what you want for the second half of your life and purposefully pursuing that instead of letting life happen to you? That is decidedly against the grain. It is so much easier to get up every day and just do what you've been doing. So another reason that we might keep ourselves stuck is because of the emotions or feelings that come up for us when we contemplate change. If we think about starting a business, we may feel uncertain, inadequate, overwhelmed. Maybe you too have thought about losing weight and getting in shape for the second half of your life. But when you think about where you are today, what you weigh and how you look, you begin to feel a lot of shame. So you just don't think about it. You put off starting a business, tell yourself you'll do it later. You tell yourself this isn't actually a good time to lose weight. You come up with all sorts of reasons why what you want shouldn't happen now just to avoid the feelings that are going to come with pursuing change in some way. You may also keep yourself stuck as a way of arguing with reality. When things in your life aren't how you think they should be, and you really want something or someone else to change, you can dig in your heels and keep yourself stuck 
while holding your breath and hoping someone else dies. It's as if we can prove to everyone who's looking on just how bad our situation, our job, our spouse, our life circumstances are if we demonstrate that we just can't do anything about it. It's really all out of our control. It's not our fault. It's not our fault that we're not moving on from here. So how do we keep ourselves stuck? What exactly do we do to keep ourselves stuck? I imagine as I've talked about the different reasons why we might keep ourselves stuck, that you've recognized some of these and are beginning to have some ideas of exactly what we might do to keep ourselves stuck. It's all in the stories we tell ourselves, friends. But a lot of these stories are pretty common. Here's a popular one. I don't know. When you're faced with an opportunity, change, or asked to be creative or generative in some way, and you say, I don't know, you shut yourself down. When someone asks, what would it take for your life to be better? And you say, I don't know. Or they ask how you could lose weight for the last time, and you say, I don't know. You shut down your creativity and the possibility of figuring it out. You put yourself in a posture where you're waiting for somebody else, usually an expert, to tell you how to go about doing it. In many ways, we're enculturated to seek answers from experts. But no one is the expert on your life except you. No one is the expert on your life except you. If you don't know, no one does. And if you don't know right now, so what? Everyone didn't know at one time or another. So you figure it out. Notice how often you tell yourself, I don't know. I don't know how to start a business. I don't know how to lose weight. I don't know how to start over in a new town. I don't know how to become a beekeeper. I don't know how to write a novel. I don't know how to start over at 50 years old in a new career. Listen in on yourself and strike I don't know from your repertoire. Find another thought that works for you. I can figure it out, or I am figuring it out. Maybe simply, I'm learning. Interestingly, when I ask clients questions in coaching sessions, I notice how often their immediate answer their immediate go-to is, I don't know. And usually, after the client realizes that I'm not going to just move on and accept that, they then start to answer the question. So maybe you can allow your I don't know to serve as a gateway for you instead of a way to shut yourself down and keep yourself stuck. So here's another popular story we tell ourselves to keep ourselves stuck. Other people are super special sparkly unicorns. We see other people's successes and we rationalize them away. It's easier for her. She's different than I am. He came from money. He had no money and nothing to lose. She had a spouse to support her when she made that change. He didn't have any family he had to worry about. You can see how we can write these stories even when other people's circumstances are entirely opposite. In that example, for one person, she was able to do the thing because of her family's support. In another, he was able to do the thing because he didn't have any family to worry about getting in the way. We look at other people and their successes, and instead of letting them be examples of what we too are capable of, 
we tell ourselves that we can't be successful because we aren't like them. Another sneaky story that we tell ourselves to keep ourselves stuck is some variation of the fact that we are just speaking the truth. We're being realistic. We're not getting our hopes up. We'll believe it when we see it because we are responsible, discerning people. And this one, it actually gets us a kind of a pat on the back too, because we think we're doing the responsible thing. We're brave enough to see clearly what a long shot this or that is, how hard it's really going to be. What we're doing isn't seeing the possibility clearly. Is failure possible? Failure is likely probable, but the path to success is in fact paved with failure. In episode 19, I offered you the thought that perhaps life is a 50-50 mix of good and bad most of the time. Another way that we get ourselves stuck is to stay focused on the bad half of the 50-50. All of the ways that it can go wrong. All of the drawbacks. I told you that I have a van life fantasy and that I could get stuck, and usually do, on the negative half of the equation and never get brave enough to consider all the fun and freedom and possibility that might be possible on the other side. We also keep ourselves stuck by telling ourselves that we are so busy. We'll write that novel when we aren't working so many hours a week. We'll learn to paint when the kids are grown. But busy doesn't go away. Modern life is busy. Maybe the way that you want to live the second half of your life is to not be busy. But unless you've arrived there, you almost certainly struggle with busy. And the reality is that it is all-consuming and expands to fit the available space. When we tell ourselves that we're busy, that our life, our responsibilities, our job, our family is demanding, we're keeping ourselves stuck. To that end, and just as an aside, I'll share with you a thought that I've recently started playing with that I have about all of the things on my to-do list. Everything on your to-do list isn't meant to get done. Your superpower is deciding what is important and what is not. I'm actually finding this to be a very helpful way to let go of some of the busyness and perfectionism. One of the challenges is that I think we come to our to-do lists with the assumption that it all can and should get done. I just like to throw that out. Other ways that we keep ourselves stuck are simply by allowing ourselves to be lulled asleep by the habits and routines of our lives. This is a trap I can fall into easily because I love habits and routines. I love getting takeout from the usual places, the sites that I see on my commute when I have to go into the office. The routines that I have built around my life, around travel in my life, and making it work. The routine of our get up, go to work, come home, watch TV with the spouse, go to bed, get up, and do it all again life. One last way that we keep ourselves stuck, and we'll talk about this much more in the future, is by finding socially acceptable ways to take the edge off our displeasure enough so that we can be lulled into a daze by those habits and routines I talked about a minute ago. What this looks like is having a lousy day at work and coming home, pouring yourself a drink, indulging in a good meal, maybe a dessert, scrolling on Instagram, maybe a little shopping online. What's a little bit insidious about this is how subtle it is. Just a little bit of dissatisfaction in our lives, enough that it can be mostly mitigated by food and drink, 
And then we don't do anything with our dissatisfaction. Usually we end up trying to address it by trying to lose the weight. And then we struggle to lose the weight because it isn't actually just about the food. It's about what the food is allowing us to avoid. Dissatisfaction, boredom, restlessness. It keeps us stuck. So how do we stop keeping ourselves stuck? If the idea of keeping yourself stuck is new to you, here are a couple of things that I would suggest to get some awareness of where this might be happening in your life. Figure out what you do because you don't want to feel something. Scrolling on your phone seems like an obvious answer. How often do you pick up your phone from your desk, maybe at work, when you've got something to do you just don't quite want to do? Send that email to that person or deal with this other project. You know, I'll just pick it up. I'll check my email here. Maybe I end up scrolling a little bit. Some of the most popular things that people do in order to not feel something are going to be eating, drinking, scrolling, shopping online, or even playing video games. What do you do because you don't want to feel? When you can get a sense of what those behaviors are, you can catch yourself in the act. And not because you're going to throw down the game console and stop playing, but so that you can then take some time to figure out what it is that you're trying to avoid. Why? This is where the insight and awareness happens. What are you trying to avoid? Are you brave enough to look into those realities? And if you're not yet brave enough, that's totally okay. If you need help to begin looking at those things that you want to avoid more closely reach out to me and let's set up a discovery call and look at it together. As a coach friend said to me recently, I'm available to support you if you would like to be supported. On today's episode, we talked about how and why we keep ourselves stuck. As you consider what you want for your next chapters, the second half of your life, something that you will want to look at closely is the ways that you get in your own way. So what came up for you? As you listen to this, where do you see yourself getting in your own way? Go to stephanieleecoaching.com forward slash episode 21 and find not only the show notes for this episode, but a worksheet to walk you through some of what we talked about above and identify those ways you might be keeping yourself stuck. That's at stephanieleecoaching.com forward slash episode 21. This link is in the description of the podcast app or YouTube if you're watching there. And thank you for sticking with me through the 21st episode of Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast. I do hope you'll join me back here on your favorite podcast player or YouTube or both for our next episode. Wherever you listen, please do like and subscribe. Tell your friends. And if you're enjoying it, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It really does help others find the show. Have a great week. And I can't wait to chat with you again soon. Bye. Bye.